0: hello. How are you doing? How is lockdown treating you? Uh, this is the Yoga Quarter podcast, podcast where we get to know our community better. My name is Lena Makov, and I'm your host. This week, I'm bringing you our amazing Camellia McCade. Camellia teaches yin yoga and yoga nidra at the yoga quarter and we had an amazingly interesting conversation about sound healing and all the music that Camellia uses at her uh, private yoga practice. And we touched upon many philosophical subjects about the lockdown and what we can learn from it and how are we surviving it at the moment. It was an amazingly interesting conversation also because Camille is an extremely intuitive and very connected with herself person. So there's a really interesting take up on all of those matters and I hope you're going to enjoy it as much as I did. So without further ado, enjoy. Hello, hi Camelia, thank you for agreeing to have a chat with me for the Yoga Quarter podcast.
1: Oh, hi Lena. great to have this chat with you, <laughs> I'm really excited to, to talk to you. <laughs> How are you today? I am doing great. The sun is shining and it always makes me feel better. So sitting in my garden and getting so much needed vitamin D makes me feel like I've just had a healing. So that's good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's brilliant. Because like we're a few weeks into this lockdown. Yeah. Could you like walk us through like your emotional journey through the lockdown? Because it's probably very similar to... I mean, it's it's a common, very social experience. So probably, like, your emotional journey will be very similar mm-hmm. to, to other people's journeys. And, like, where are we now? Yeah. <laughs> That's my question, I suppose.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. Where are we now? We're always, always... <laughs> right here right now (laughs) that's the only place we ever can be (laughs) is here and now but uh, going from the start of the journey i guess like everyone the first week felt like the world was melting and sort of crumbling around and i was like oh okay um coupled with a little bit of excitement i'll be honest and uh a bit of excitement and a bit of dread it was sort of like this can't be real and then um I kind of had this euphoria in that first week where I was like, This is amazing. It's the best thing that's ever happened to the world. Like, you know, my first my first reaction was really like, This is a global mass meditation, um, because everybody is gonna have to face themselves from one degree or another. And that goes across everyone depending on whether you're frontline or you've lost your job completely or all your income or you've like, we all, it touched everybody in some degree or form, you know, even people that are actually fine you don't know how this has affected them. It's just so 360 and it was just so big to comprehend. Actually, it was just too huge. So from that, like I did kind of feel like, you know, the world has needed to slow down for a long time because it just wasn't sustainable how we were living. And, um, I feel like sort of value have been lost in terms of sort of just the humility of our existence, (laughs) getting into it deeply and, uh, taking, you know, really stopping to smell the roses essentially. And, um, so, yeah, I was looking forward to having lots of time, which has definitely been evaporating, to to read and to study and to to refuel and re-nourish, actually, myself. And I hope that's what everybody would have kind of been happy to have. Um, then there was definitely a week of anxiety, for sure, <laughs> uh, which I think, you know, we touched on briefly, was, was a bit of a grieving process because... I found myself fantasizing about holidays and about being somewhere hot. And and I was like, God, like, we're so lucky. All I could remember thinking is we're so lucky, we're so lucky, we're so lucky. We've had everything we could have ever had, you know, living in a city like we live and having the lifestyles that most of us have, um, to have so much freedom that we just took for granted, uh, to be able to just jump on a plane and fly across the world and see another part of the planet. So I just had this overwhelming sadness, anxiety, but weird, overwhelming gratitude at the same time. And I think what I found really great was how patient everybody was being in my house. When I spoke to my family on the phone, I could just feel that space where everybody was listening to each other. Which is, again, when you slow down, it creates more time, which is this weird uh, paradox that the, that we have in the world. So it made me realise how, for example, I wasn't present in, say, like, phone conversations with my family back in Ireland. You know, I'd be like, oh, I'm busy, I've got this and that to do, and I'd be on the phone but not really paying attention. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's sort of hit this um, point now where it feels like okay we still don't know when we're coming out of this but it feels like a new normal has sort of been created um one of the biggest anchors I had was I was lucky that I got to keep teaching with the yoga quarter as well as running my own yoga classes online um so having a level of commitment uh at a certain time every week gave stability so that was that was the only the only saving grace um So yeah, it's about kind of refining that now and sort of falling more into that pattern the way you would, I guess, when you've kind of got your everyday life. Um, So it's, I just feel now it's important that we use this time to learn the lessons we're meant to learn about ourselves and to nourish ourselves, like I said, and um, not really be spat back out the other end, kind of. (laughs) <laughs> Just as chaotic as we were coming into it basically <laughs> yeah. yes and
0: and you teach at the yoga quarter you teach in yoga and yoga nidra right uh, could you tell mm-hmm. us more about yeah. your um, your journey with yoga how did you come about teaching yoga and like what was your practice at the beginning and how did it start?
1: Sure. Um, First of all, never in a million years did I ever think yoga would be my whole life, which it is. Uh, Years and years and years and years ago, back in Ireland, I had a flatmate who was practicing Bikram, actually. And I used to laugh at her so much when she was talking about it, the names of the postures. And I was like, what's that called? Cobra? Or what's that called? Like, you know, I was, I just was like, this is ridiculous. And didn't ever really pay any attention to it. I remember once upon a time when I moved to London, uh, we were having our bathroom done up for two weeks, so we had no shower. And there was one night I couldn't find anyone's house to have a shower in, so I went to the local gym and I was like, maybe I'll do a class. And I did a yoga class. And I remember thinking, this was so boring. <laughs> so I didn't have much of an impression until, 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 I, um, <laughs> believe it or not, I'm not perfect. And one leg is shorter <laughs> than the other. <laughs> So I've always had I've always had issues with my hip. So I got to a point where I was in so much pain at night, in particular, I couldn't sleep. Um, I literally felt like my right leg was falling off, and I was I was going through like, you know, the doctor trying to get solutions. Um, they gave me an X ray, went for MRIs, went to go see loads of physio specialists. No one really could give me any sort of anything to hold on to to make me feel better and after a really really like horrible appointment the guy emailed me some stretches to do and I was like as if I'm going to do these and I, I actually had a moment where I thought a fuse in my brain had gone I was standing in the parking lot of this hospital just going how am I going to get out of this like I don't I just can't go on the pain was so bad and um, I was up the next morning I thought you know what I think I need to try yoga and, um, I'd heard through the grapevine that Bitcoin was good for injury. So I got up at 5:30 AM in the dead of winter to do one of the early morning classes. And I didn't look back. I was there every single mm-hmm. morning for 40 days. It's like, sounds biblical, <laughs> but it was, it was the dead of winter. And I just it was the only thing that would get me up in the, like, I just, I just, yeah, it became my savior. And then, as I was practicing, I do think it was happening before, but I actually did experience quite a rapid spontaneous awakening and I i guess the energy shifted like through me so fast. So Bikram was my intro and i I really, really at that time recognized that I felt like I'd landed on the planet for the first time. Mm-hmm. I was like, am I going crazy? But I realized I was seeing things for the first time. It was realization, you know, which is what this practice is all about. So I suddenly found I had this control mechanism. I went from thinking, which a lot of people do in the world, that rather than things happening to you, that you can control it all from the inside out. So, this thing of rather than too much external referral to the objects we see and the experiences we have, if you can control how you are inside, which is what the practice gives to you because you bring everything inside, that's where the control is. And I was like, wow, I feel great. I suddenly felt like this is my life. And what do I want in my life? So the interesting thing from there was I was a buyer. I was a fashion buyer and I was working at corporate nine to five. And as I was waking up and things were changing, like I was just seeing everything. And I'd left an apple on my desk one night. And the next morning I came into the office and the apple was literally like rotten. It was just like scrunched up. And I just looked at it and I went, that's my soul that is literally what this building and energy is doing to my soul and I decided to put such an amazing
0: story oh my
1: god (laughs) yeah so oh the thing I didn't say as well is after about two weeks of practicing for the first time I was walking down the street one day and I was like I feel I feel something what do I feel I was like I feel like I'm about to lift up off the ground and then I realized that pain that had been in my leg was like gone. It wasn't like, it's not healed. It'll never be healed. But that dead weight pain was gone. And I was just like, wow. And um, it really, really did like make such a difference. Um, so yeah, I was practicing um, every day, like literally religiously for two years when I decided that I was freelance then at the time. And uh, I just had a gap of opportunity come up. I come out of a long-term relationship. I was out of a contract for a freelance gig. I'd saved some money. Uh, The house that I was in, I was ready to move out of. And I was like, interesting. I'm not tied to anything right (laughs) now. If I want to go somewhere, I can be totally free to go. So it was a friend that convinced me to go to India. I did think about maybe I should go train. And not to become a teacher. That was never my intention. It was to just develop my own self-practice and to just to study deeper what was the most meaningful thing in my life. And uh, I had begun practicing Ashtanga here. So I decided to train in Ashtanga, um, which is what my training is, Ashtanga Vinyasa. And that for me then was a really interesting adventure. So I went off to India for three months and Ashtanga not talking about the practice in terms of the sequ- the sequence and series. Um, I'm talking about it as a philosophical framework. And it was really interesting because I suddenly was given this framework that I was like, wow, this is actually what makes sense to my brain, if you know what I mean. And, uh, yeah, so it was it was really life changing. I feel like that trip was like uh, what is it, B C and A D <laughs> like in my life. Like it was literally before life before and life after. <laughs> that is
0: brilliant. And then um then you yeah. moved into sound healing as well, no? Like because yeah. Yeah,
1: so I, I- <laughs>
0: No, no, no! I'm, I'm really interested in, in in this part of your journey right now because uh, this whole union through sound and and your side business or main business, uh, maybe yeah. rather um, yeah. this doom yoga thing. That that's a really interesting, mm-hmm. um, interesting yeah. fact about you. And and please tell us more yeah. because we do love yeah. sound healing at the Yoga Quarter.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, it is really interesting um, because I feel like in life, things don't pick, you know, you don't pick things, things pick you. So I feel like yoga found me. I felt like my journey into sound, again, the same thing. It just happened quite spontaneously. So um, I practiced for a long time yin yoga as well, which is why I decided to take that up another level in terms of asana practice. But the sound was really interesting because... I really found in terms of a meditation practice, chanting has given me the most profound experiences I've ever had. And chanting to me is like bleaching your brain. The second I chant, I'm there. You know, it's like, it's like a speed highway to meditation. It's like, it gives you, that's how they work. You know, they, they wipe the mind clear of thought. Um, What's amazing especially when you chant things that aren't obviously English your brain doesn't intellectualize what you're what you're saying so by chanting Sanskrit um is twofold because you're able to just focus on the sound and the vibration of the sound and also the sanskrit language is designed it's actually relative to all the different body parts as well it's a it's like a magical formula so do you have
0: like a that that do was, you have that like a mantra it. that you could teach us right now so that we could use every day
1: <laughs> <laughs> i can teach you the most important mantra the only mantra really ultimately that anyone needs to know is Om. Om is where it began and where it all <laughs> ends it really really is and it's a very very it's it so everything in the whole of the universe and all of nature consists of vibration and everything that appears physical is actually vibrating and it's actually made of sound um i can get with this <laughs> we can be on this podcast for a long time if i get really deep into it um but essentially arm um, is our being and I've done many om chanting, um, like where I've chanted for an hour solid, and it's the most it's fascinating. If you haven't done it, you should try it. Your whole body becomes a resonant chamber of vibration, but you begin to hear it everywhere and it's even in your breath. So simply by chanting om as you inhale and exhale, an om for the inhale and om for the exhale, and try to consciously carry that with you will really really you'll 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 notice a difference I'm, I'm absolutely <laughs>
0: adding it add, adding that to my lockdown <laughs> routine for sure maybe longer Yes, yes
1: <laughs> yeah
0: yeah so yeah. Um, those are mantras but like you still um mm-hmm. haven't told us yeah, so- how the sound came about to your yoga practice
1: sure so i've uh, two things always been an absolute massive music nerd and like music is just like for me like absolutely where you can experience infinity and eternity like when you listen to music time doesn't exist and I find that listening is our aural sense because I studied psychology and perception is really interesting but our aural sense is actually the only sense that never shuts off so I was involved in a choir at one and we did a really, really short workshop for like half an hour before one of our performances and it actually changed my life. It's called Sonic Meditations and it's based on this woman's work in the 70s, Pauline Olivares. And these little techniques got you to like, listen to everything you could hear, including to some exercises we did together, but it made you realize how everything is part of all Big One Symphony. And it's, so I sort of got to thinking, like, when you practice, I mean, of course, music is down to one's taste. And, you know, you kind of resonate with, with certain types of music. But I sort of thought, like sometimes I've been in a class and, like, a teacher will stop and start the music or they'll just be playing stuff that's just, it's just like, why would you play? Like, again, it can come down to taste. So I suddenly had this thing, like, if I could get people to connect into the music that would help them connect even deeper again to themselves. And in the yoga Hatha Pradikipa, which is one of the yogic texts it actually says that, um, that music and, and sound are one of the most fruitful tools to use for, for meditation. At the beginning of the Bhagavad Gita, um, when um, Arjuna is going into battle, so this is one of, of, of the, the great yogic um, story tales, um, Krishna basically blows on a conch. And it's again, I don't know if you ever heard a conch shell being blown, but it's the most incredible sound and it it's it just wipes the brain clean. So sound has, it's so commanding that you can't help but be present when you hear certain sounds. So I um, had started Doom Yoga by default because um, while I was in India, funnily enough, I was there for three months and I had forgotten all about music, all about culture, all about fashion. I had two outfits that I was rotating and (sighs) I was just like free of everything. And uh, I was really sick by the time I'd gotten to Rishikesh which is like, you know, the Las Vegas of yoga. So I couldn't even practice. I was like, oh, this is terrible. And there was a guy staying opposite me and I could suddenly hear music he was playing. And I was like, hang on a second. recognise this band. And it was a band, like, I knew the album. And I was like, oh yeah, music. And like modern cool music, you know what I mean? I was like and I was like I know this band, so I went outside and he was sitting outside and I was like, This is and funny enough, the band is called on. <laughs> They're an American band. And I was like, that's so cool. I was like, I'm gonna put that on. And I decided to go back into my room and do a self-practice to this particular album. And then when I got back to London, I did it every single morning religiously to this album. So then about a year later, friends of mine who are into kind of similar music were like, oh, wouldn't it be really cool to practice to this kind of stuff? And sort of one of the genres I use is called drone. It's like drone music. And it's quite like monotonous tones and like really like stretched out. So again, it kind of brings us back to the chanting and the mantra and that sort of tone. So that's why I feel like it's got this particular effect. So I just pulled a playlist together and I knew from my intuition that people would be into it. So I decided to just make it public on Facebook and then it sold out. And I have pretty much had a sold out class ever since I started doing it. So it's been, yeah, it's been a really unexpected like turn of (laughs) events in my life. Um, So because I was pulling together all these sounds and playlists and music, then I just I actually had started going to gongbats like maybe about, I think seven or seven years ago. How long have I been in London? Seven or eight years ago. So I was sort of kind of introduced to them like before they sort of became quite popular a long, long time ago. But I never thought that it was something that I would do. And then I was lying down on the grass, I think one day, just, I think I was listening to a podcast, and I don't know. My brain suddenly went cosmic again, and I just got this vision. I was like, "I need to go do gong training," <laughs> you know. Out of nowhere, I was like, "That's my next step." <laughs> so I decided to take myself off to Latvia um, because there was a guy I'd found who he's known as Don Gong. He's like the eldest. Um, I think Mel trained with him as well. I'll to ask her. Um, so he started the whole sort of gong trend thing back in the like late 60s, 70s. He's an old man now, but I just thought if I'm going to do it, I want to do it with him. And he was like, it was like training with a wizard slash Iggy pop slash, uh I don't know, <laughs> kind of like Santa Claus. He was just a really cool like new age sort of dude. But he was one of the first um initiates by Yogi Bhajan in the 60s into Kundalini Yoga. So It was a really rewarding training because he didn't dumb down any kind of knowledge. If you get to the level of sound, I feel like there's a lot of a journey you go through to kind of understand why sound is so important, if you know what I mean. So it was, it was, yeah, very special. (laughs) That's amazing. I hope Georgina
0: will listen to this podcast and we'll have more uh, sound journeys with you <laughs> at the Yoga quarter when we're back. Yeah, I'm because happy to. That's like yeah. that's insanely amazing,
1: I think. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's really I'm I'm reading a great book at the moment actually called The Mysticism of Sound and Music. Um and it's again, it's just every culture, if you look, every single culture that's ever existed, like Coming from like the shamanic drum to you know actually the drum really is again something that features in every culture throughout civilization, but the gong dates back to ceremonies that are like as old as ancient Egypt and stuff. So it is it is really interesting. And actually, this very going <laughs> touching back on my heritage. But when I was there last time, um, I mean, one of the theories of how the pyramids were built is through sound. And uh, also I visited this temple and uh, the the tour guide I had was an uh, archaeologist. But we got talking and suddenly he realized what my vibe was and I realized what his vibe was. And he was a total yogi alchemist, (laughs) like really interesting guy. So he was like, don't listen to the history books. This is what it's really about. (laughs) (laughs) So he was telling me on this one temple, there was these like weird... Uh, square things and he was like people were supposed to put their heads in there and heal with sound yeah um it goes deep that's amazing
0: <laughs> that's absolutely that's a subject that we really we need to explore at the yoga quarter honestly that's just like...
1: I would love to explore it with you I've got it's. it's kind of becoming what I'm getting deeper and deeper into so um, that's
0: fantastic yeah. thank you for this um I also have a question Um, what are we learning as a society and you individually and we as a community from this lockdown you touched upon this a bit already but like maybe you want to tell us more because I think you might have a very interesting take on
1: this (laughs) Um, I think one of the biggest things that has come to me is the sustainability of of living, um, and just how much society and with I mean we're too clever for ourselves, really, and it's insane. Like the developments in the last hundred years that have taken place, but we've kind of grown too fast, and we've lost a lot, and. I feel like the biggest learning from this is to reconnect with each other, first and foremost. So the weirdest thing is, although we can't be together, I've never felt more connected in a long time because we've had to stop and really look at our relationships first to ourselves, also to everyone around us um, and how much you take for granted and only kind of respect when it's taken away from you. Also, I think because of of how modern day has become the level of immediacy is insane. And that's what I mean by not being sustainable. We expect everything to happen and happen now. And that penetrates all layers like, you know, from, literally things like deliveries now people are nearly like why isn't it here in an hour as opposed to like definitely next day like a few days the fast fashion industry is just destroying the planet there's so many layers to this like it's just and just the fact that with technology so the weirdest thing is mobiles and technology is what's keeping us connected but that's what's kept us quite disconnected so we're finally using them for a really good purpose finally <laughs> as opposed to just being like you know like zombies staring into our screens um but yeah that's um it's sort of Oh, I've lost my point about that. <laughs> but yeah, um, technology, technology, technology. That we, as a society, we're
0: reconnecting with each other. That's what yeah,
1: you. but just in terms of because of technology, how immediate everything is. Um, so at least now it's kind of going in our favor all of a sudden. <laughs> um, so I guess it's like looking at how we can sort of use what was not really considered useful in the past and how we can now turn it around to to bring back sort of a quality of life because really when it comes down to things without nature mother nature and without each other what, what is the point on this, on this planet and living here? So there's a beautiful thing I heard once by this artist and, um, you know, the expression, if a tree falls in the forest, does it actually make a sound if there's nobody there to hear it? It's the same thing with us. It's like without each other, you know, who are we? So like, you know, our connection to each other is what gives us meaning in our life and our connection to nature, which is what we are too. So Um, they're the they're the biggest things so I just hope that when we flip out of the other side of this that people can really move forward with awareness being the first and foremost uh intention and and this will create a better future for us all you know beautiful (laughs) yeah
0: Let's yeah. finish with fill in the blanks. Okay. You actually, I think you re- uh, you actually um, responded to some of them without knowing that I will I will ask. <laughs> Probably one I get Okay. Talking, let's let's talking. see. Three songs that tell the most about me are.
1: You're asking me the most difficult question. Of mine I like, <laughs> I like I those. I find it. So hard to choose. there's just so, 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 so. But I was so generous. Amazing.
0: I gave you three up, like three. Three.
1: <laughs> oh god. Um, that's so interesting. It's so interesting. Uh, you know, I've been like DJing a lot in like this lockdown, <laughs> just, like cooking <laughs> dinner and stuff, playing like tracks, um, and everything. Why don't I give you some three songs that have been in my experience this week then? Um, well, I'd have to say something from Iggy Pop because he's my favourite person on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really love his song, The Passenger. Fantastic. I think that's a great song. Then I absolutely adore... Wow. I really adore a lot of old music and old singers. Um, so this week I've been listening <laughs> to um, Scott Walker and uh, and Roy Orbison so um they've been kind of featuring this week and I'm actually I was listening to the Beatles this morning and there's a song there's a song called The Word and it's so good because it goes have you heard about the word the word is love and it's just so good <laughs> talking about the word love so that was my feel good song. This morning. <laughs>
0: that was the sweetest, fantastic. Yeah. Next, fill in the blank. My favorite three qualities in a person
1: are? Favorite three qualities in a person are? Uh, I would have to say um, honesty would be the first one. And by that, I mean just being authentic and being true to themselves um I really look for people to to really show consideration you know again that comes down to awareness as well <laughs> and ultimately I really think you cannot beat humor and laughter so somebody that's light and fun is you know is always welcome as well we're not always like fun, but
0: generally, <laughs> gorgeous. And the book I am currently reading is and that was something about meditation and sound, I think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, are you reading anything any fiction at the moment? Uh,
1: so I don't read fiction, I, I, it, I do love stories and I do love fairy tales, but I find it really hard to ever read fiction. I only ever read books I can learn something from. And right now i have a pile beside my bed. I'm trying to read like between six (laughs) different (laughs) books. Any TV series
0: or movies that you would recommend?
1: Oh my God. So I have to be honest because I got sucked into the whole Tiger King thing. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, it's, Horrendous, but I I don't watch TV actually or TV series. I'm kind of weird. Again, I only ever watch sort of documentaries. Yeah, I just find I just like to always be learning. So um, so yeah, it was kind of fun to watch something that was just quite outrageous. <laughs> so in terms of a hot topic, that's what um I've been watching. But uh, film wise. There was a film that I wanted to watch again that I hadn't seen for a long time, which is a French film, and it's called La Belle bad accent, which means the beautiful green. And I think it'd be quite an interesting film to watch at this time because it's about a race that live on another planet, and they live on a utopian planet, and they have to come down and do missions to, like, different planets. And one of them has to come to Earth, and nobody wants to come to Earth because it's such a, like, bad place considering for the rest of the like galaxy Um, but this lady is brave she goes no I'm going to do it and it's actually a really good feel-good film and uh, her journey when she comes down here so I was thinking maybe I should check that out again
0: that's gorgeous (laughs) (laughs) and my favorite question my favorite movie as a child
1: oh god my favorite movie as a child Uh, (laughs) I absolutely loved Labyrinth for sure oh yes oh my uh, god I think did <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I loved David Bowie in that film I couldn't understand why she was running away from him I was yeah like, I, I had dreams
0: with David <laughs> Bowie from that movie and like <laughs> what
1: <laughs> yeah um so that was that was a big one
0: yeah fantastic Thank you Camelia, you're amazing, it was an absolute treat and and I learned so much from this chat with you and I hope we're going to be back in the studio soon so we can actually uh, do some sound healing but for now uh, Camelia is available on our schedule for Yin Yoga um, at the Yoga Quarter so yeah, join us.
1: (laughs) It's
0: been really great to talk to you. (laughs) Thank you so much. Bye bye. Bye. Dear Yogis, thank you so much for listening to this interview. I hope you enjoyed it a lot and you learned a lot as I did and uh, thank you so much. Give me some feedback uh, at Lina, that's with double E, at UK or you can do uh, what Greg did, so find me on Instagram at Lina Markov with double E and double F at the end and actually send me a message uh, saying uh, that the podcast is brilliant. Thank you so much. Big shout out to Greg thanks and nice seeing you practice uh, at the yoga quarter still in this difficult time if you haven't joined our fantastic facebook group uh, the yoga quarter live please do so uh, follow us on every social media and keep in touch One more thing, guys. Do you remember Amanda Lennon? She was a guest in our podcast, and we had a lovely chat about tools that you can use to actually survive lockdown. Because Amanda, apart from being an Inferno uh, Hot Pilates teacher, she also is a life coach. And especially for us, the Yoga Quarter community, she started giving um, life coaching sessions, meetings, for the Yoga Quarter family. Uh, Every second Wednesday, next week, uh, we're having a second life coaching session with Amanda Lennon. You want to check it out because it's just brilliant, it's just pure wisdom that you want to get involved with. So you do that, you keep practicing yoga and we will get through this. Let's get through this together.